0: Chapter 19 of Captain Salt in Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Captain Salt in Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. Chapter 19 Boglador's Revenge. The word Hippopotamic seemed to rouse the undecided gods to action. And Samuel, as the crowd moved uneasily aside to let the elephant and camel-mounted guardsmen through, heartily wished himself back on the ship. Nikobo, squealing with rage and defiance, began moving cautiously back toward the path down the cliffs. But Atto, who had been merely biding his time, tore open his package and began tossing right and left the tumbleweeds and creeping vines which fortunately it had contained. The first creeper caught Dijabo bound him up and laid him by the heels before he could issue another order. Taking careful aim, Atta threw a creeping vine at each of the other as a mandarins. The tumbleweeds, whirling beneath the feet of the elephants and camels, caused them to fall to their knees, tossing their riders over their heads, and between the yells of the guards, the squeals of the camels and the trumpeting of the elephants, confusion was terrific. The natives and nobles, and all who could still move or run, set off at top speed for the city without once looking behind them. Muttering angrily under his breath, Ato continued to hurl vines and tumbleweeds till none was left. Unable to advance an inch, the white guard and their mounts rolled and groveled together in the deep sand. "'Now we can go to the palace!' cried Tandy, a bit breathless by the suddenness of it all. "'Oh, Ato, how did you ever happen to bring those plants along?' I suspected some of these subjects of yours were villains, answered Arto grimly. And the only way to meet villains is with villainy. Forward match, my lass, on to the king's castle. Taking her way around the fallen men and beasts, Nicobo, snorting at each step to show her superiority and contempt, set out for the royal palace. Of all the people who had run out on the cliffs, besides the securely bound as mandarins and the guard, only the old tribesmen who had first cheered Tandy remained. Oh, please do come with us, invited Tandy earnestly as the old man stepped smilingly out of Nicobo's way. You could tell me all about the tent dwellers and help me so much if you would. I am Chanum, the sheik, head of a thousand tribes and speaking for them. I can say they all will proudly and gladly serve your brave young majesty. Too long have the city dwellers ruled this great liberty-loving land. Then over the side and under the hatches with em!" cried roger, beside himself with joy and exuberance at the neat way Atto had handled Tandy's subjects. This boy's an able bodied seaman and explorer, and will stand no nonsense. My sea is the desert, said Chunum, striding jauntily along beside Nicobo, and my ship is a camel, but I'll wager we'll understand each other well enough for all that. To Tandy, conversing eagerly with Chunum, the splendour of the white city of Om um was an old story. But to the others, it seemed, with its flashing marble walks, great waving palms, and towering dwellings and castle, one of the loveliest capitals they had yet visited. Word of the happenings on the cliff had travelled fast, longing to welcome the young king, but fearing the strange magicians who had come with him. The nobles had barred themselves in their fine houses, and the natives had fled to the hills beyond the city gates. The many-domed marble palace was absolutely deserted when Nikobo pushed her way through the wide doors. Not a footman, page, or courtier was in sight. Seeing no attention or service was to be had for some time, Atta hurried away to the kitchens and was soon happily at work, preparing a splendid feast to celebrate Tandy's homecoming. Tandy himself, felt quiet and sad, examining with scant interest and enthusiasm the splendid rooms which he had never yet been allowed to live in. To tell the truth, he would have traded the whole castle for his small cabin aboard Samuel's ship. Samuel himself, never really happy or comfortable ashore, wandered around aimlessly, opening books on the long tables, peering out windows, and finally settling with a sigh of resignation in a huge chair beside the throne. Nicobo had found a long pool and fountain in the same room and lying at full length in this luxuriant marble bath, tranquilly waited for events to shape themselves. "'Why not sit on your throne?' asked Roger, as Tandy seated himself on a small stool beside Samuel Salt. "'Oh, it's much too big for me,' said Tandy, thinking how very big and lonely the palace would seem when all his shipmates had gone. "'I hope you're right!' Ahoy, the beginning of a beautiful idea doth at this moment start to seep through the head feathers, of which more anon. Jonum, who had never before heard a bird talk, stared at Roger in amazed interest and surprise. But giving him no more satisfaction than a mischievous wink, the reed bird flew off to help Atta with the dinner. And now Samuel proceeded to tell the old tribesman how he had found Tandy in the jungle, imprisoned in the wooden cage. As he finished, Channum shook his head in stern displeasure. It has been long my conviction and belief, he stated solemnly, that the Ozamandarins are at the bottom of this. Every year they usurp more and more power, and keeping the young king shut up in the tower was but an excuse to give them their own will and way. Nor can I believe that the royal parents of this boy accidentally fell into the sea as they were reported to have done or that the young aunts mentioned in the prophecy had anything at all to do with Tandy's abduction. Tell me how long will the vines hold those villains prisoner, for only that long is Tazando safe. We must think and act quickly, said Chanum, tapping his staff thoughtfully on the floor. The vines will not unwind for two days, and before then, ha! Samuel expelled his breath in a mighty blast and sprang purposefully to his feet. Before then, we shall put those fellows in a very safe place for Tandy and for them too. Shiver me timbers! Taking Channan by the shoulder, Samuel started toward the door, and seeing the two intended to leave the castle, Nicobo climbed out of the fountain and offered to carry them. Tandy nodded absently as the two left the castle, his thoughts still far away on the crescent moon, and considering the work they had to do, Samuel and Channan were well pleased to leave him behind. With surprising speed, the hippopotamus made the return trip to the cliffs. The effects of the tumbleweed had evidently worn off, and the guards on their mounts had fled with the rest of the inhabitants of White City to the hills. But the ninos and mandarins still lay in their curious cradles in the deep coarse sand. As Samuel and Channum, in absolute agreement as to what should be done, rolled off Nikobo's back, a furious bellow and screech brought them up short. Nikobo started out of her usual calm fell on her haunches and after one horrified look upward buried her head in the sand it can't be cried samuel clutching chairman's sleeve it can be but it is an elephant a flying elephant panted channum dragging samuel from under the immense shadow flatten yourself in the sand seamen and we may yet be spared as samuel more amazed than scared at so strange and curious a specimen and even vaguely hopeful of capturing the unwieldy creature, made no move, Channam dragged him down by main force. The elephant, meanwhile, lighted like some gigantic butterfly on the edge of the cliff. Fairly bleating with fright and terror, the nine mandarins watched him swooping toward them with a sinister and soundless speed. Just behind his ear, perched Bogdador, the old man of the jungle, looking cruel and ugly as the genie of all evil. Revenge! Revenge! shrilled the turbaned native, clenching his fists. Now shall Boglodore have his reward. Addressing himself to Chanum and Samuel Sold, the old man of the jungle began screaming out the story of his wrongs. For these scheming rascals I carried away Onombo, my great and useful umbrella fan, the young king of this country. For this I was to receive one-tenth of the kingdom, the Ozymandarins themselves to divide the rest of the country among them. But ha, what happened? Dancing up and down on the elephant's head, Boglodur again clenched his fists, his face distorted with rage and fury. What happened? Why, these miserable cheats refused to pay me, intended to keep the whole country for themselves. But here can well, you and you. Jerking his thumb contemptuously toward his rigid and helpless enemies, the old man continued his story. All along I have suspected these thieving zamans. All along I intended to fool them and return the little king to his castle, keeping only the jungle for my own. That is why I built the boy his cage in the jungle and sent Nicobo, the great hippopotamus, to watch over him, giving her the power of speech and the desire to seek out and protect this unfortunate child of an unfortunate country. I am a magician and could well bring about these things. You, whoever you are who found and brought him back to a zameland, did no more than I myself intended to do, and intend to do now. After restoring Tani to his throne, I meant to deal with his enemies, and now, as they are so neatly bound up and ready, I shall reward them well for their pains and treachery. Stop! vast there and belay! shouted Samuel Zolt as the Umbrella vent, obeying an order from the terrible old man, picked up Digiboy in his trunk, and flew swiftly toward the cliff's edge. But Channum, again dragging Samuel down, whispered fiercely in his ear. It is just a seamen, and only what we ourselves plan to do. The vines will keep these rogues afloat for two days, then happily they will sink. Not to die, as death comes not to the people of my country, but to lie for long-forgotten ages at the bottom of the sea, harmless and sudden, and unable to do any more harm to the country they have so dishonorably served and betrayed. Shuddering and in a tense silence, Samuel and the Sheik watched the Umbrella fan toss the wretched mandarins one after the other, into the sea. The immense zooming monster fascinated the captain of the crescent moon. Not wings, but a balloon-like structure of its own tough skin, billowing over its back like a howdah, enabled Umbo to navigate in the air. Samuel was anxious for further talk with the old man of the jungle. But as the last of fell over the cliff, the Umbrella with a trumpet of defiance, headed rapidly for the open sea. Look, look, it's getting away, cried Samuel, rushing to the cliff's edge and almost tumbling over. Do you realize that there goes the only Umbrella in captivity? Well, and what if it is, muttered Chunum, again pulling Samuel back to safety. I expect Boglador does not find this country healthy after the pretty story he had just told us. And come. Come, Master Seaman, what would you do with a flying elephant aboard your ship? A tie to the mast and carry it back to us, explained Samuel, staring gloomily after the disappearing prize. Why, it would be the most rare and amazing specimen ever brought back from anywhere, and now, now, I've lost it. Samuel's arms dropped heavily to his sides, and turning away from the cliff, he began walking slowly back toward Nicobo, who had at last ventured to lift her head from the sand. Surprised enough was the hippopotamus to learn that she had been given her power of speech by the ugly little magician on the umbrella-fand, and frightened lest she forget Tandy's language, she began talking rapidly to herself. "'But you forget what all this means!' panted Chunum, catching up with the explorer and shaking him energetically by the shoulder. "'Why, this clears up the whole mystery! Not an aunt, but an elephant carried to Zander to Patripani Island!' we must return quickly to the castle and release his innocent relatives. I myself will call back Tandy's frightened subjects and tell them of the great good fortune that has befallen, that we are rid of nine rogues and have a brave young king to rule Xamaland. Come, come, do not stand there dreaming about lost elephants. There is much to be accomplished and done. Goosewing my topsails, you're right, reached Samuel salt, coming completely out of his reverie. Round up the citizens, comrade, and I'll carry the good news to the castle. End of chapter 19